Well, good evening again. Welcome to St. Nick's. Uh, whether you're here in the building or you're watching online or on Catch Up, it's great to have you here for our carol service. My name's Toby, and I'm the vicar here. All I want for Christmas is you. This week, Mariah Carey's 1994 hit passed one billion streams worldwide. It's the most popular holiday song of all time. It's currently number four in the charts. A lot of people clearly love that song. If I was to take a straw poll, I'm sure there'd be many hands that would go up. But not everyone. Some are not so keen. There was internet uproar last month when a pub in Texas posted a note on their jukebox banning Carrie's Christmas classic before the 1st of December and thereafter limiting it to one play a day. Now, this went viral on Twitter, and then Mariah Carey herself got involved in the debate and sent this slightly strange uh, picture of herself in battle. Uh, she didn't put a message with it, but someone else uh, put a message at the bottom of it. I don't know what that's all about. Anyway, if you're not familiar with the lyrics of Carey's song, uh, it makes some interesting anti-commercialism points in there. Uh, the, the lyrics uh, outline various things that she doesn't want for Christmas. Presents, a stocking, toys from Santa, snow, or even magic reindeer. What do you want, Mariah? We're all asking. All I want for Christmas is you. Presumably she's talking about a person. How many office relationships have started off the back of singing that song at the work Christmas party to someone? Maybe not this year. Perhaps... The reason for this song's enduring popularity is that actually, fundamentally, we all agree with this notion, don't we? That uh, relationships are more important than stuff, that people uh, are more important than possessions, that long-lasting love, if you can find it, is far more powerful than the luxuries of modern life. In reading Luke's Gospel, the account of the Incarnation, that Brie read earlier so well. The angels announce the birth of Jesus to the shepherds with these words. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy for all people. Good news, great joy, all people. Good news. Well, with the recent COVID restrictions, we're in desperate need of some good news, aren't we? I don't know how you're feeling about this current season. Last year's word of the year was doom scrolling, which sums up our strange obsession to scroll through bad news on our phones, despite the link to poor mental health. We could do with some good news, right? So the good news is, is what the angels say. They say, today... In David's town in Bethlehem, a saviour has been born. Essentially, the good news of Christmas is this. It turns out that there is a God, and he loves you, and his name is Jesus. You can't prove scientifically that there is a God, just as you can't disprove scientifically that there is a God. But scientific evidence is the only thing that we look at in terms of evidence. Courts and juries look at historical evidence. And the, the historical claim of the New Testament is that Jesus was himself God made flesh. 
And that by looking at Jesus, we can see what God is actually like. When I was in my 20s a couple of years ago, I, <laughs> I'd grown up in a religious environment. And I decided that I, I wasn't sure that I believed any of what I had been taught growing up. I began to question everything, to pull everything apart. I was aware of the failing over millennia. As Gandhi put it, I like your Christ, I do not like your Christians. Your Christians are so unlike your Christ. I resonated with that. But as I began to strip away all the trappings of religion and the stuff, the culture, and came back to look at the person of Jesus, I have to say I was captivated. Time magazine described Jesus as the most influential person who ever lived the most persistent symbol of purity, selflessness, and love in the history of humanity. It's very hard to find people who don't think that Jesus was a good guy. But the claim of the New Testament goes further than that. The claim is that in Jesus, we see a revelation of who God really is. As John's Gospel puts it, God became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. God is Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus was God with us. And so the message of Christmas, the good news of Christmas, is that if there is a God who made this amazing universe that we live in, he's not an absentee landlord or a distant superpower or a figment of our corporate imagination, but he is God with us as revealed in Jesus, the God who was born in poverty and new suffering, and is with us now. That is good news indeed. So the angels say, it's good news of great joy. How would you finish this sentence? All I want for Christmas is, what would you like to say? What would you ask for? I asked our three-year-old Barney that question this week. His answer was, I would like a bell for my bike. Thank goodness he doesn't understand the internet or what's available to him. Three pounds from Halfords, that's it, done. I sent the same question to a few friends of mine. These are some of the answers that I got back. A Christmas call in the Caterpillar. COVID to leave us alone. To see my mum and dad in Australia. Adele to find genuine happiness. Time with family, no one to feel lonely, enough roasted meat to kill a man, and then enough roasted veg to kill a man from a vegetarian. <laughs> Ten minutes, peace and quiet, someone else said. What would you like this Christmas? What about joy? Joy is a wonderful word. You can't really say it without smiling. Joy. It's much more profound than happiness, which is the roller coaster of ups and downs depending on what happens. It's much more long lasting than pleasure, which is temporary and fleeting. Joy is profound and permanent. And joy, the New Testament says, is to be found in a person, in a relationship with God through Jesus. What kind of joy are we talking about? Well, firstly, the joy of grace. 
You know, our culture tells us that we have to have the perfect Christmas. If you've watched any adverts in the last month and a half, you've got to have a perfect cooking, you've got to have perfect presents, perfect experiences, perfect children, perfect relationships, perfect marriages. But actually, I think this begins to seep into our religious understanding of Christmas, that we need to be perfect for God to welcome us in. It starts early, doesn't it? Who gets to be Mary or Joseph in the school nativity play? The good boy and the good girl. You know, Santa, we equate with God. He's, uh, you've got to be more nice than naughty. He's recording everything you might do wrong in the year. You know, Santa, who's got the best job, spends one day working and 364 judging everyone. But that's the perception we sometimes have of God. But let's be honest. None of us are going to have the perfect Christmas. None of us are going to do as well as we'd love to. Despite our best smiles, our best outfits, our Christmas jumpers, underneath, we're all full of anxieties and fears and worries about the future. It's at at Christmas that our most dysfunctional relationships kind of come to the fore. Or maybe that's just our family. But at the heart of Christmas is the joy of grace because we actually live in a very messy world and we ourselves are pretty messy if you get to know us. And yet that is the story of the Christmas story too. Messy lives. Mary, an unmarried mother in that culture, would have been a pariah. Joseph, a disgraced father. Shepherds, dirty, smelling of the sheep uneducated outsiders, a smelly stable full of animal dung. It was to those people and in that situation that Jesus came. So the good news is that if your life is a mess, then Jesus wants to know you. The good news is that Jesus didn't come for the suave, the sexy, or the sorted. But for those who don't, As we say to our three-year-old, have their ship together. (laughs) For those whose relationships are not straightforward, for those who've made bad choices and you're living with them now, God came for you. That's the wonder of grace. The message is that God loves you in the midst of your mess and enough to cleanse you and give you a new start. I did a bit of research into Mariah Carey, as you may have spotted, and her autobiography last year, which I haven't read, but actually there's a phrase in there which is very interesting. She talks a little bit about her faith. She talks about the dysfunction of her family growing up, the broken family, a series of very difficult situations she went through. And she describes coming back to a childhood faith she had once in God. This is what she said, after I was broken, I received a blessing. The trouble and trauma I endured was not only emotional, but spiritual as well, and I sought healing for my soul. I knew I had to revive and recommit my relationship with God. None of my biological family understood what it meant to care so much about God, but I had to return. God was the only way I made it out of all my trips to hell. I don't know what your life has been like, but the wonderful news of Christmas is that there is grace and healing for you too. Stormzy put it very well. 
Lord, I've been broken. Although I'm not worthy, you fixed me. I'm blinded by your grace. You came and saved me. The joy of grace. Wouldn't it be great if we could offer grace to those people who annoy us a little bit at Christmas? Well, to give grace, you must first receive it yourself. The joy of grace and then the joy of hope. Google Trends uh, this year is published. These are the trends that they've seen in searches around the globe, and they make various categories. One of the categories in the UK was for the top three when questions. The top three when questions Googled were, when will lockdown end? Secondly, when will I get a vaccine? And thirdly, probably the most important existential question of the year, when will Love Island finish? (laughs) All of us have questions about what the future will bring. We'd love to control the future, but we can't. And so therefore we fear the future, whether it's about COVID restrictions or finances or relationships or family members or health. But did you hear the message of the angels to the shepherds, the first thing they said? Do not be afraid. It's the same message, interestingly, that they gave to Elizabeth and Zechariah, the parents of John the Baptist. They said, do not be afraid. It's the same message that Mary and Joseph both received from the angels. Do not be afraid. In fact, 365 times in the Bible it says, do not be afraid. Do you think God might be trying to say something to us every day of the year? Do not be afraid. Of course we have fears and worries, but the joy of hope comes when we realize that Jesus is God with us and God before us. He goes before us into our future. There is hope for this life, but there's also hope for the life to come. There's hope beyond death. Why? Because the baby didn't stay a baby. The baby grew up. Jesus was a man who lived, died, And then the Bible says, rose again. If Jesus really did rise from the dead, death has been defeated and death is not the end. There is hope beyond this life and there is hope for this life. Wouldn't it be great again to offer hope to those who are most in need? It was amazing. Last Saturday, we packed in this church a thousand boxes of hope, bags of hope to give to the homeless and to those who are in need. And I know lots of people are doing that across the city. It's great to offer hope, but wouldn't it be great first to receive the joy of hope ourselves? Good news, great joy for all people. That's what the angels say. And did you know that all people includes you and me? So where do you find yourself tonight? Do you identify maybe with the shepherds? You're not really sure you believe any of this stuff. But kind of interested to think, is it true? Could it be true? The shepherds, when they hear this revelation from uh, the angels, their response is, let's go to Bethlehem and see. In other words, we want to find out for ourselves. Maybe you're all in that category tonight. My encouragement to you is, what have you got to lose? Why don't you explore faith on your own terms? 
in your own time. I'd love to encourage you uh, on the way out tonight. We're, um, you'll be offered, uh, no pressure to take it, but if you're offered two things, a little booklet called Why Christmas and an invitation to our next Alpha course. Alpha uh, is an opportunity to explore the big questions in life. Is there purpose? Is there meaning? Does God exist? Uh, we're starting a course on the 2nd of February. You can go online. You can just come for one. If you don't like it, don't come back. Um, no pressure. But if you would like to, that's something you might want to think about. Maybe you put yourself in the place of Mary. Mary, it says, treasured up all that she'd heard and pondered it in her heart. I wonder if you, like many people, have found their faith pulled apart and uh, taken apart because of what we've experienced in the last few years. Maybe you're in the process of pulling everything apart yourself and you're wondering, is there anything left? My encouragement is like Mary, to ponder these words of Jesus and the angels over Christmas. Do not be afraid. This is good news of great joy. Or maybe you are in the position of the shepherds who go to Bethlehem. They find Jesus and it says that they came home glorifying and praising God. And everyone who heard what they said were amazed. What a great opportunity we have this Christmas to offer grace to those who hurt us, to offer hope to those who need it, to share the good news of Jesus. Wherever you're at, just know this, that the good news of Christmas is that there is a God and he loves you and he has been revealed in Jesus. I'd love to encourage you. You don't have to wait until February to talk to Jesus. You can actually talk to him now. He died, he rose again and is alive today. You can begin a relationship with him today if you'd like to. So as we close, I'm going to pray. And can I encourage us all just to close our eyes? And if you'd like to pray, why don't we pray together? I'd love to give an opportunity to you to pray tonight. You might be here saying, I don't know Jesus, but I'd like to. Here's a prayer that you can pray in your heart right now. Talk to him now. Jesus, thank you that you came into this messy world to show how much you love me. And tonight, I offer you all of my mess. I turn away all from all the stuff that's wrong in my life and leave it behind. And I want to turn towards you. Jesus, come into my heart this Christmas, right now, and live with me forever. I receive tonight the joy of your grace and the joy of hope for the future. In Jesus' name, amen.